Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40. If you're Dorcas, it's 9.40. And if you're Victoria Purper, well, then that would be 8.40 in the morning. Adjust for your time zone, because your time zone might not be my time zone or Dorcas's. So keep that in mind. If you ever miss any of these calls, you can go back and pick them up on SoundCloud. And that application is spelled S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D. Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90. And you will be able to pick these calls up and listen to them back seven or eight years. With that being said, if you get podcasts through a podcast service, again, if you put in Frank and Lomas, you will be able to find all the archived TR90 calls because he is on some of the podcast um, services as well. For those of you that may not know who I am, I am Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, and I come to you with a teaching background and a huge interest in health and nutrition, but I also came to the TR90 program when they first opened it up and made it available to us because I had been on the R90 program, which was been redesigned in 90 days prior, and that really was not working for me. But the TR90 program has been absolutely fabulous because it's built muscle and reduced body fat, and it's just been absolutely fabulous. So that TR90 program is one really good meal a day, two shakes a day. They can be either a snack or they can be a meal depending on how you build your shakes. Three snacks a day, 30 at least 30 grams of protein at three meals so that you're getting plenty of protein to build that muscle and to help reduce and burn fat. Taking your supplements about 20 minutes before a meal is really good. Um, helps your body assimilate and really get those um, supplements to work synergistically so that they're at their optimum level. If not, you can take them with your meal if you have to. It it will still work, just not quite as, as effective as it would be if you were 20 minutes before. Drinking plenty of fluid. So current thinking is that you should be drinking one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water. If you're exercising heavily or you're in a humid area, it's probably going to be more than that. Um, so you'll need to adjust it up and make sure that you're staying truly hydrated. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables, very important because that gives you fiber, that gives you a lot of the micro and macronutrients that you need to help sustain your body. Seven to eight hours of rest daily is also really important. And exercising moderate, heavily, at least five days a week, 30 minutes a day. So that is our Tier 90 program in a nutshell. And last week, I was sharing some information with you out of a book called Superfoods Health Style, Simple Changes to Get the Most Out of Life for the Rest of Your Life. It was written by Stephen G. Pratt and Kathy Matthews. 
this particular version was published in 2006, so while it is um, quite old, it's got a lot of really great information. And I started sharing pumpkins and information about pumpkins, carrots, butternut squash, sweet potatoes, orange bell peppers, and why you should be including at least a half cup of these five to seven days a week and why it's really, really important for um, helping to prevent cancer, um, cardiovascular disease, inflammatory conditions, and diabetes. And as I left off at the very end of last week, I was telling you about um, a pumpkin pudding recipe, which I will be sharing with you here very shortly. But just so that you know, the baby carrots are great little bites rich in beta-carotene and alpha-carotene, but they're not really babies. They're a clever marketing idea of a farmer in California who searched for a way to use up his broken or misshapen regular carrots. They're easy to use and worth the higher price if they help you serve carrots more frequently. You can put them out with a healthy dip for an after-school snack, you can stick some in lunch boxes. You can keep a bowl in the fridge for a satis for sa to satisfy snackers who are looking for something crunchy to eat. I like to eat them with a little bit of uh, hummus on them, so you get that hummus from the protein from the hummus, and then you get the carrots. Really, really great. Sliced orange bell peppers are also a great addition to any salad or a platter of fruit cake. Dr. Pratt finds that kids really love crunchy treats and a plate set out in the evening will disappear. Serve them with your favorite healthy yogurt dip. And don't forget sweet potatoes. With a little creativity, they can jazz up a simple meal. Peel and dice them and then toss the cubes with some extra virgin olive oil and dust with cumin and freshly ground pepper and some ground chilies if you like. Roast them on a baking sheet at 425 in the oven for about 20 minutes until they're tender and drizzle with fresh lime juice for serving. That sounds yummy. So his favorite way of having pumpkin in their household happens to be his wife's Patty's pumpkin pudding. And the pumpkin pudding recipe is as follows. A quarter to a half cup of sugar, two to four teaspoons of cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon of ground ginger, which is optional, a quarter teaspoon of ground cloves, which is also optional, two large eggs. They use the eggs with the omega-3 content as noted on the label, and one 15-ounce can of Libby's 100% pure pumpkin, and one 12-ounce can of carnation evaporated non-fat or evaporated 2% milk. So I'm going to read through that ingredient list again so that you can get this written down. One quarter to a half cup of sugar, two to four teaspoons of cinnamon, quarter teaspoon ground ginger, optional, quarter teaspoon ground cloves, optional, two large eggs, one 15 ounce of Libby's 100% pure pumpkin, only because... That one he can guarantee has just pumpkin puree in it. And one 12-ounce can of carnation evaporated non-fat or 2% milk. 
Mix all of the ingredients together and pour into a nine or pour into an eight by eight casserole and bake in a preheated oven at three fifty for thirty minutes. Don't overbake. The center should be slightly wiggly. Cool and enjoy or refrigerate for later. So you're mixing all those ingredients together, you're pouring pouring it into an eight by eight casserole and you're baking it preheated to 350 for 30 minutes. Don't overbake. Center should be slightly wiggly. You can cool and enjoy or refrigerate for later use. I suspect that I would probably grease that uh, casserole dish just to make it up a little bit easier. And here is a thought for carrots and chickpea. Make a carrot and chickpea soup. So great way to get some carrots as well as those fiber-rich chickpeas into your diet. For another layer of flavor, add some baby spinach during the last few minutes of cooking. So here are the ingredients for that carrot chickpea soup. Two pounds of carrots peeled and cut into small chunks. One large onion diced. One vegetable stock cube. One can of chickpeas rinsed and drained. One quarter cup, or not one quarter cup, one quarter teaspoon of cinnamon a dash of mild curry powder, and a dash of ground coriander and salt and pepper. In a large pot, boil the potatoes, carrots, excuse me, in a large pot, boil the carrots, the onions, and the stock cube in 10 cups of water until the carrots are soft. Turn off the heat and using an immersion blender, that's one of those stick blenders that you put into a pot, blend the soup until smooth. Add the chickpeas, blend into the soup, add the remaining ingredients, and stir well. Add more spices if desired, and that's where you would add in those um, some of that baby spinach those last few minutes. Of if you prefer a chunkier soup, remove a cup or two of the soup and puree it in a blender or a food processor and re- return the pureed soup to the original pot. So you can have it either chunky or you can have it smooth. Either way. Another tip from Chef Mark, how to tame a winter squash. Winter squash are very hard, requiring brute force to penetrate them, even with the sharpest of knives. Here's how to tame a winter squash. Wash it well. Place the whole squash on a parchment-lined baking sheet. Yes, I did say the whole squash. So you wash it well. You place the whole squash on a parchment on parchment paper on a baking sheet. Bake in a 325 degree preheated oven for 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the size and the variety of your pumpkin or squash, just until the skin is soft to the touch and the back of a spoon makes a slight indentation. So you're putting it in at 325 for 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, when you can um, touch it with the back of a spoon and it leaves the indentation, that's when you know that it's done. Remove from the oven. When cool enough to handle, cut in half, scoop out the seeds, then the pulp, and process. Proceed with your recipe. So that's one way to really work on those winter squash, and I've tried that. that it works fabulously. Um, I've been known to even oil the outside of that squash a little 
just to make sure that I don't have stickage. So keep that in mind. Ooh, here's a thought. How to avoid hypertension. People are often surprised that Dr. Pratt pays attention to the sodium content of food. Why, they wonder, does a healthy guy bother to look for, say, lower sodium canned tuna or no salt added salsa? Excess sodium intake is contributing to a looming crisis in national and international health. And he is talking about the hypertension and the disastrous consequences of this syndrome. Of course, sodium and excess salt intake aren't the sole causes of hypertension. For some people, salt intake seems to have no effect on their health whatsoever. Paying attention to sodium intake is a simple signal and a reminder that you should work every day to ensure that your blood pressure is in the optimum health, health style zone. Blood pressure refers to the resistance created each time the heart beats in an effort to send blood rushing through the arteries. Between beats, when the heart relaxes, blood pressure drops. Blood pressure is routinely expressed in two figures, the systolics, or the SBP, or the peak pressure created when the heart contracts, and the figure normally written over the diastolic, or DBP, reduced pressure present during the beats. A typical adult blood pressure reading is 120 systolic over 80 diastolic. Recently, an, the acceptable levels of blood pressure were reduced and the guidelines recognize that the risk of, heart, of death from heart disease and stroke begins to increase even at blood pressures as low as 115 over 75. That, it doubles for each 20 over 10 um, BPs over uh, increase beyond that mark. Previously, the normal or optimum level was 120 over 80. While this is considered optimal, it is now considered a borderline. High blood pressure is now divided into the following different categories. Pre-hypertension with a systolic is 120 over 139, and the uh, diastolic is 80 to 89. So if you have 120 over 80 or 139 over 89, somewhere in that range, they're now considering that pre-hypertension. Stage 1 hypertension is 140 to 150 systolic, and diastolic is 90 to 99. Stage 2 hypertension is 160 or higher, and the diastolic is 100 or higher. Residual hypertension is a systolic blood pressure of 140 and more even after the treatment. Health style goal is to have the systolic blood pressure less than 120 and the diastolic less than 80. Your blood, have your blood pressure checked every time you see a healthcare professional for whatever reason. If you're over the age of 60, have your blood pressure checked at least once a year. And with that, I think I'm going to stop.
stop because we've reached the end of our time, and I'm going to take everybody off mute so we can say goodbye to each other on this January 13th of 2021. So well, have. thank you, Susan. <laughs> oh, i got to get I yes. got to, those squash recipes that had to do it, had to do it. <laughs> and, and I have to laugh, but um, not one cup of cinnamon, definitely one teaspoon or tablespoon. I laughed when you one, did that. One, one, one teaspoon, definitely. But you know, cinnamon is one of those that actually helps with diabetes. So if you're looking for that, you might want to go to the four teaspoons rather than the two teaspoons. Well, that's good information. Yeah, because if... if and it adds a sweetness without adding any sugar, which is another good thing. So mm-hmm. for some reason, cinnamon does help to modulate the um, blood sugar. But well, do check really with interesting. professional to be sure, but that definitely is a, a non-medical uh, way to, to help mitigate it to some extent. And at the top of the hour is Facebook Live with One Team Global, so which is in about three minutes. Well, thank you for a great call. We very much appreciate it. And I um, want you to know that I am I'm really working at eating apples and carrots. <laughs> you and me both. I'm starting to to pack them in the car and stop at the store and pick them up as a snack. So when I'm out and about and I don't have access to other healthy things. So and there's and a lot I'm of fascinated. I'm fascinated with how those little mini carrots. What a clever farmer. Well. You know, they had to do something, and they must have been had soil that was creating a lot of misshapen and um, really funny-looking carrots, which does happen periodically. And so, you know, that was their way of dealing with the problem. problem. Well, I think it's very creative, and what a great way to save all those carrots. And I bet they use all the um, extra bits to help feed their animals. Probably, probably. So I have another phone call I'm supposed to be on in about one minute, so I am going to say goodbye, and I will see you all again tomorrow. And I know we have Dorcas's up tomorrow, so that will be lots of fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah, more stuff on memory and the brain and how it works to help us, our executive functions. Absolutely. and we You're welcome. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.